It is Father's Day, but I'll mostly be preaching about a mother. We're following the lectionary this summer, and the assigned reading from Genesis is very much about a mother. There is a father involved, to be sure, but we'll center our thoughts on a mother. Our scripture reading is from Genesis chapter 18 and chapter 21. So hear the word of the Lord to us. The Lord appeared to Abraham by the oaks of Mamre as he sat at the entrance of his tent in the heat of the day. He looked up and saw three men standing near him. When he saw them, he ran from the tent entrance to meet them and bowed low to the ground. He said, my Lord, if I find favor with you, do not pass by your servant. Let a little water be brought and wash your feet and rest yourselves under the tree. Let me bring a little bread that you may refresh yourselves, and after that you may pass on, since you have come to your servant. So they said, Do as you have said. And Abraham hastened into the tent to Sarah and said, Make ready quickly three measures of choice flour, knead it, and make cakes. Abraham ran to the herd and took a calf, tender and good, and gave it to the servant who hastened to prepare it. Then he took curds and milk and the calf that he had prepared and set it before them, and he stood by them under the tree while they ate. They said to him, Where is your wife Sarah? And he said, There in the tent. Then one said, I'll surely return to you in due season, and your wife Sarah shall have a son. Sarah was listening at the tent entrance behind him. Now Abraham and Sarah were old, Advanced in age, it had ceased to be with Sarah after the manner of women. So Sarah laughed to herself, saying, After I have grown old and my husband is old, shall I be fruitful? The Lord said to Abraham, Why did Sarah laugh and say, Shall I indeed bear a son now that I am old? Is anything too wonderful for the Lord? At the set time, I'll return to you in due season, and Sarah shall have a son. But Sarah denied, saying, I did not laugh, for she was afraid. He said, Yes, you did laugh. The Lord dealt with Sarah as he had said, and the Lord did for Sarah as he had promised. Sarah conceived and bore Abraham a son in his old age at the time of which God had spoken to him. Abraham gave the name Isaac to his son, whom Sarah bore him. And Abraham circumcised his son Isaac when he was eight days old, as God had commanded him. Abraham was 100 years old when his son Isaac was born to him. Now Sarah said, God has brought laughter for me. Everyone who hears will laugh with me. And she said, who would ever have said to Abraham that Sarah would nurse children? Yet I have borne him a son in his old age. This is the word of the Lord. Let us pray. Father God, by the Holy Spirit, open our minds, open our hearts, that we may hear your word for us today. And in hearing, we may be nourished in the faith, all to your glory through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. We heard last Sunday that when Abram was 75 years old, God called him to leave the land of Haran and go with his wife Sarai to Canaan. God promised Abraham 
I'll make you the father of a great nation. All the families of the earth will be blessed through you. So the years passed, time moved on, and the Lord spoke again to Abram and promised him once more that all the earth would be blessed through him. Abram's descendants would be as numerous as the stars in the sky. Abram, Abram believed God. God was pleased and credited Abram to be a righteous man. But on the other hand, if Abram's descendants were to be as many as the stars in the sky, at this point in his life, he didn't have any descendants. Sarai had not given birth to any heirs. When scripture says Sarai had no children, we can be sure there was a lot of pain behind those words. Any of us who've dealt with infertility know the deep emotion of living with the hope of having a child, hanging on to that desire. Sarai had lived with it for years. There's a Bible verse that says, hope deferred makes the heart sick. Hope deferred makes the heart sick. Sarai experienced that. She did do some maneuvering so Abram would have an heir. She had a servant, an Egyptian woman named Hagar, and Sarai gave her to Abram so that Hagar could bear him an heir, and a son, Ishmael, was born. But the Lord said, no, Abram, your servant's child will not be your heir. You will have a son. So the years went by, time moved on. The Lord appeared again to Abram when he was 99 years old. I am God Almighty. You've served me faithfully. My covenant stands. I'll make you into a mighty nation, thousands of descendants, and I'm changing your name from Abram to Abraham, which means father of many. And regarding your wife, her name is no longer Sarai, but Sarah, which means princess. I'll bless Sarah, and from her I'll give you a son. Lord, said Abraham, hear me now. I'm pushing 100, Sarah 90. How could she have a child? Abraham laughed to himself in disbelief, laughed to himself. The Lord replied, Sarah will bear you a son and you'll name him Isaac. Well, the days passed and the Lord appeared again. Abraham was sitting at the entrance to his tent. He suddenly noticed three men standing there. He got up, ran to meet them, bowed low to the ground, welcomed them. It says the Lord appeared to Abraham, but what he actually saw was three men. Some interpreters think this is a appearance of the Trinity, Father, Son, Holy Spirit. The Lord appeared, but Abraham sees three people. Stay for a while, rest in the shade of the trees. My servants will get water for you, I'll get some food. Stay before continuing your journey. So Sarah baked bread, Abraham ran out to his herd to butcher a calf. When the food was ready, Abraham served the men sitting there beneath the trees. They asked him, where's your wife Sarah? She's in the tent. One of them said, I'll return and your wife will have a son next year. Sarah overheard this conversation. She thought, we're both very old, long past the age to have children. How could a worn out woman like me have a baby? She laughed to herself. And my husband's so old, 
She laughed to herself. Then the Lord spoke to Abraham, why did Sarah laugh? Why did she say, how can an old woman have a child? I'll return next year and Sarah will have a son. Sarah heard all this, it startled her. She was afraid, she denied laughing. It wasn't me, I wasn't laughing. The Lord said, yes, you did. You laughed. I love that exchange. I, I love that exchange. I wasn't laughing. Oh, yes, you were. You were laughing. Laughter is one of God's great gifts. I think it's evidence of being made in the image of God, the ability to laugh, to laugh when we see the funny side of things, the incongruous side of things, the surprises of life, the unexpected. It's a gift of God. And by laughter, I don't mean a sneering laugh at someone or something. I don't mean making fun of someone. I don't mean laughter after a crude joke. And I don't mean just the laughter when the soles of your feet have been tickled. I do mean the laughter of celebration, the laughter of joyful praise, the laughter of a glad heart, the laughter that comes from a place deep inside you, the deep place inside you that's authentically you, where you're truly human. It's the laughter that responds to all that is true and good and beautiful in the world. Laughter springs from the heart. We have a bird bath in our backyard. Especially in the morning, the birds come, fly down, land on the rim, then plunge into the water. Over a week, we'll see a grackle, a mockingbird, a purple finch, a sparrow, a morning dove plunge into the water, flapping their wings like crazy, water flying all over the place. They stop, start again, wings going like crazy, water flying. They make me laugh. They make me laugh. My son Peter lives with his family in a wooded area north of Houston in May. He had a business trip overseas and his wife Brianna was able to go with him. So Diane stayed with her four children for two weeks. Four children, age 10 and under. <laughs> it was an adventurous two weeks. They came home one evening and a deer had jumped the backyard fence and ate all the begonias every flower, every leaf, just little sticks left. Another day, a tiny little fawn about that big got stuck in another fenced area near the house. Diane had to go in and literally carry the fawn out in her arms. So it was adventurous, but it also made for fun times. When the parents returned, Diane overheard June, the four-year-old, First thing she said to her mother was, we laughed a lot with grandma. We laughed a lot. Sarah, sitting in a tent, overhears the Lord say to Abraham, I'll be back in a year and Sarah will have a son. She laughed. This is crazy, ridiculous. A 90-year-old woman going to give birth and her husband's 100 years old, she laughed, uproarious. And I love the back and forth. 
Why did Sarah laugh? The Lord asked. Why did she say, how can an old woman have a child? I didn't laugh. Oh, yes, you did. This was a good-hearted joust between God and one of his beloveds. Sarah shared her true feelings, and God knew that. God didn't judge her, didn't upbraid her. God corrected her, but this was a lover's quarrel between a God who loved Sarah and a Sarah who loved her God. I picture Sarah with a funny smile on her face, saying, I wasn't laughing, and God graciously enjoying the comeback. Oh, yes, you were. God knew perfectly well how crazy it seemed that they would have a child and that it was worth a good laugh. Laughter is a grace. It helps us get through the day. There's so much in life we don't see coming, so much we don't have much control over. But God gives us laughter in the midst of a broken world. We respond to the joys of life with laughter. We respond to the craziness of life with laughter. God blesses us with the grace of a good laugh. Much, much later in Israel's history, when the Lord brought the Jews back to Jerusalem from their exile in Babylon, they said, we were filled with laughter and we sang for joy. We were filled with laughter. I have four friends from university days we've kept in touch over the years, though it's not often that all five of us are together at the same place at the same time. It happened this year in April. We rented a house in Phoenix for a weekend with, with wives. There were nine of us. We had a great time. There was a dining room table we could all sit around. There's a choreography when friends sit down at a table, eat together, tell stories, laugh. There's a body language. You don't even need the audio. You can just watch the choreography. We're sitting around the table, enjoying the food, leaning in, listening to a story. Then comes the punchline, and everyone starts pulling away from the table. Heads go back, arms go up, mouths drop open, everyone laughing, arching back. Then everyone leans back in for the next one. Punchline, pull back, arms up, mouths open, back in for the next one. Laughter is a grace, a gift of God. And what a lighthearted exchange between Sarah and her God. Sarah with a funny smile on her face. I wasn't laughing. Oh, yes, you were. You were laughing. Well, are you wondering how all this turned out? The Lord kept his word, scripture says, and did for Sarah exactly what he promised. She became pregnant, gave birth to a son for Abraham in his old age. This happened at just the time God said it would. The child's name was Isaac, which means he laughs. So Sarah declared, God has brought me laughter. And all who hear about this, all who hear about this will laugh with me. We're hearing about it this morning. These parents and this child are part of our history. As followers of Jesus, they're our spiritual ancestors, our heritage.
We all have people in our lives who've impacted who we are, shaped who we are, may even be a historical figure. In my life, it's Catherine the Great, Empress of all Russia. In 1763, she invited Germans to come to Russia and found villages and farm along the Volga River. 30,000 Germans came, including my ancestor, Nicholas Albert. My grandparents were born there along the Volga, 800 miles south of Moscow. Catherine the Great, that moment, 1763, shaped who I am, where I come from. And we here this morning are like that. If you want to know how you came to be in Christ, you can point way back to Abraham and Sarah. They're a big, big part of shaping who you are in Christ. They shaped us. We're here because God called them promised Abraham when he was 75 years old that all the nations would be blessed through him. An heir was born. After this wonderful exchange of laughter, out of that moment, out of that child, the nations of the earth have been blessed, particularly by God sending a savior, a Messiah, a person who would come from the family line of Abraham and Sarah. They had a son, Isaac, who had a son, Jacob, who had 12 sons who became the 12 tribes of Israel. During a famine, they went down into Egypt and lived there 430 years. God delivered them from Egypt and brought them to Canaan. Years and years passed, but all through the years, there was a remnant of believers with a longing that someday God would break into history by sending a Messiah born of the family line of Abraham and Sarah, Eventually, David became king of Israel, but he wasn't the Messiah. He had a son, Solomon, but he wasn't the Messiah. Solomon had a son, Rehoboam, but he wasn't the Messiah. Year after year, decade after decade, century after century, even the best kings were disappointments. Even the best kings were flawed. Jeconiah was the father of Shealtiel. Shealtiel wasn't the Messiah. Shealtiel had a son Zerubbabel, but he wasn't the Messiah. 10 generations, 12 generations, 20. 2,000 years had gone by since the time of Sarah and Abraham. Eliezer had a son named Mathen, but Mathen wasn't the Messiah. Mathen had a son, Jacob, but Jacob wasn't the Messiah. But then it says in the Gospel of Matthew, Jacob had a son, Joseph was his name, the husband of Mary, of whom was born Jesus, who is called the Christ. God's perfect gift in God's perfect time, just as Isaac was born to Abraham and Sarah in God's perfect time. We're shaped by that moment when they laughed laughed at the crazy notion that a 100-year-old man and a 90-year-old woman would bless all the nations with the birth of a son. We're shaped by that moment. Right on down to when Jesus was born from the lineage of Abraham and Sarah, right on down to when Jesus was born in our lives and has shaped us. I think it's so neat. <laughs> as followers of Jesus, the part of our story 
is a story of laughter. One of God's great gifts is the ability to laugh, the laughter that comes from a deep place inside, probably the same place deep within us that tears come from, for that's the reality we live with, tears. Some of us this morning find it hard to laugh given the week you've just had, the month, the year, some hurt or disappointment. It's very hard to laugh. But God keeps his promises. It was Jesus who said, Blessed are you who weep now, for you will laugh. Sadness and pain are transitory, but joy and laughter are forever. Blessed are you who weep, for you will laugh. And the Lord laughs with us. It's been said that the God who thought to create the ear must be a God who hears. The God who thought to create the eye must be a God who sees. I think the God who created us to laugh is a God who laughs. G.K. Chesterton, the esteemed British writer, fervent Christian, he influenced C.S. Lewis's coming to faith. In his classic book, Orthodoxy, Chesterton tells how surprised he was when he met Jesus. In the last paragraph, summing up what it is about Jesus that really surprised him, here's what he says. As I close this volume that I've written, I open again the small book from which all Christianity came, the Bible, and I'm haunted by a kind of confirmation about the tremendous figure of Jesus who fills the Gospels. He towers in all respects above all the thinkers who ever thought themselves tall. His personality was natural and very open. This Jesus never concealed his tears. He showed them plainly on his face. Yet, he concealed something. It wasn't his anger. Jesus never restrained his anger. He flung furniture down the front steps of the temple. Yet, he concealed something. He wasn't afraid to confront people. He wasn't afraid to speak to them of judgment. Yet, he restrained something. I say it with reverence. There was something in that shattering personality that he kept concealed. There was something that he hid from everyone, that he covered constantly. There was some one thing that was too great for him to show us when he walked upon this earth. And I have sometimes fancied that it was his mirth his mirth, his joyful glee. We expected Chesterton to say that if there's one thing Christ didn't show because it might overwhelm us, we expected him to say it was his power, it was his authority. No, what he hid was his mirth. A Jesus who loves to laugh and celebrate, if he had shown that in his earthly days, we couldn't have taken it all in. Such delirious joy would overwhelm us. For what's amazing about God is his mirth, his joyful glee. If he fully showed it right now, we couldn't handle it. 
So he concealed it when he walked this earth, but he won't conceal it in the life to come. He'll overflow with laughter and we'll take it all in. We'll take it all in. The kind of laughter enjoyed by Abraham and Sarah and the living God who enjoyed hearing it. I wasn't laughing. Oh, yes, you were. Let us pray. Thank you, Lord, for our ancestors in the faith, Sarah and Abraham. Thank you for this amazing plan of yours to bless all the nations of the earth through them. Thank you for bringing us the Word made flesh, Jesus the Christ. And we praise you that there is in your holy character a light-heartedness. You're a God of joyful laughter. Bring it into our lives more and more, even in this broken world and our own broken lives. Bring joy and laughter more and more. We pray in the strong name of Jesus. Amen.